0: Hey, Slingers, welcome back to another week of the Word Slinger Podcast. I'm so glad you took the time to join me. Today, I'm talking to Ryan Z. You've probably heard of him. He's going to help you figure out how to reach more readers, so stick around. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand. Write your book. Redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours now? Here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tumlinson, the Word Slinger.
1: Word Slinger. Well,
0: I am Kevin Tumlinson, the Word Slinger. I am uh, so glad that you tuned in this week. We got to, you know, one of the things that authors are very concerned about, I'm concerned about. As an author, is uh, finding readers, getting readers to our work, getting our work to our readers. So uh, this week we're talking to Ryan Z. He's the founder of Book Sweeps. Uh, you may have heard of Ryan. He's uh, pretty popular in the indie author space. Uh, I got a chance to sit and uh, have uh, some drinks and a meal with him at Nink last year. Uh, so that was that was good. Great talking to him. He's a great guy. Uh, he uh, just moved <laughs> to Portland when uh, when uh, we did this interview, so I'm I'm gonna have to catch up with him after the in, after this uh, episode goes live. And just kind of see how he's liking it up there. Um, I'm sure he's loving it up there. It's a great place. Um, uh, so this week uh, we're gonna jump right into that interview. The, stick around afterwards. I got some notes on some things uh, I'm gonna talk to you about. My afterward. As, uh, as I'm starting to call it, the word slinger afterward. Uh, so you stick around for that. And otherwise, uh, enjoy this interview with Brian Z. And I'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, now, I'm chatting with, I've, I've met this cat at uh, Nink, and it was a great conversation. We got a chance to, to kind of pile around a little. We sat and had some dinner together at a uh, fancy banquet. Uh, I'm talking to Ryan Z. He's the founder of book sweeps. We're going to get into what book sweeps is, uh, how that, that came into being and how, uh, Ryan is helping out the author community. So, but first Ryan, thanks for being on the show,
1: man. Yeah. Thanks Kevin. Thanks for having me.
0: Coming at us all the way from Portland, Oregon. Uh, we just had a whole lengthy conversation about where <laughs> we're living. But you just moved to Portland. What, uh, what, what made you decide on Portland?
1: Uh, so sort of a weird story. So like the last two months of last year, I actually uh, took some time to sort of travel around to like major cities. So I went to like Austin, I went to New Orleans, I went to Seattle, uh, some other places, and I was sort of just trying to find a place that um, kind of vibed with. I've I've been living in New York, New Jersey area for a while, and it just sort of needed a change of pace. It's like too hectic. And so, you know, Portland just sort of resonated with me for whatever reason. So, um, cool. I move here.
0: I've been to all the places you mentioned, but not Portland yet. Yeah, uh, you should come on down. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. I've got more, a growing set of friends there now.
1: Uh, you know, they have the biggest. You know, Powell's is the biggest bookstore in the world. Really? Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's an independent. I mean, it's the largest. I'm pretty sure it's the largest bookstore in the world. Definitely the largest independent bookstore.
0: So you know, every time I hear someone describe their store as an independent bookstore, I I go in hoping. I'm gonna see a bunch of indie published books in there, but that's not
1: usually the i case. haven't I haven't seen that yet, but I'm hoping that you know maybe we can maybe we can do some things to change that around here yeah, I think we gotta
0: we gotta figure out a way for these two <laughs> groups to mutually benefit each other you know there's there's <laughs> an opportunity there, and you're the guy you're the one who can make that
1: happen yeah, I, I might be able to I mean that you should you should go in there I mean like it's crazy it's actually it's the largest I'm pretty sure it's the largest store in all of Portland. it's like a full city block long and wide yeah it's crazy. So, I mean, I've heard, heard things.
0: Something. Yeah. Definitely heard about it. I and mean, I, I am, I am the, definitely that guy who hits all the big books. Well, big and small bookstores, uh, and mm-hmm. all the, all the cities he visits as many as I can cram into a, a trip.
1: <laughs> in fact, have, I, I nearly a missed different? one of my
0: panels. I was go, I was in the San Francisco writers conference uh, this past, this past weekend. And I, I had a break and I went and uh, checked out a couple of bookstores and nearly missed one of my panels. Cause I was, Head down in <laughs> a big stack of books, but um, let's uh, let's hop over. Let's talk about uh, book sweeps. And uh, why don't you give me a breakdown of what what that is and what you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, so book sweeps is primarily a, it's a book giveaway platform that aims at helping authors uh, grow their platforms and generate grow their platform and generate leads. Um, so we run uh, primarily multi-author giveaways. Um, that leveraged the audiences of the authors involved um, along with our uh, Fairly sizable audience that we've grown over the last uh, few years. So we started um, I started this in 2016 and since uh, then we've we have generated uh, Our email list is currently around a hundred thousand subscribers and then we have okay. another uh, 10,000 or so on social media um, so, you know uh, We run promotions that are primarily aimed right now at helping authors grow their email list and their book book uh, follower platform following yeah
0: man i um uh, i know it's a cliche it's cliche by now but that that mailing list is my key marketing tool i think it's every author's most important marketing tool mm-hmm. um yeah uh, prom- promotions like what you're talking about have helped have helped me tremendously uh what was sort of the impetus behind that well like what made you decide that platform needed to exist
1: yeah that's a good question so um i started working with authors uh, sort of like 2013, 2014, and then I started my own business in 2015. Um, and so like towards the end of that first year of being in business, I kind of came you know, I was working with multiple clients who are uh, romance authors. Um, they're fairly well known. Uh, and so we were, you know, trying to come up with some different strategies to help, you know, basically help them grow their platform. So um, I basically created a multi-author giveaway as an experiment just to see, you know, with this work? Um, how would it work, et cetera? And uh, you know, it worked it worked really well bottom line. So uh, I sort of, you know, I did more of them, and you know, well, the word sort of got out organically, just word of mouth. Um, I was fortunate to be working with people who had some clout in the industry to begin with, um, and so you know, it just sort of a thing that steamrolled onto itself, um, and then sort of, you know, by you know mid late 2016, it sort of became obvious that I needed to really doubled down on the direction I was moving in with this. So uh, we set up a basic website and it's, you know, since then we've worked with uh, almost 4,000 authors. Hmm. So it's been a interesting kind of crazy ride the last couple of years. It was sort of an unintentional business in a way. (laughs) I wasn't really intending to, you know, start a lead generation company or, you know, you know, a platform building company, but it was just sort of, it was working so well, like it would have been stupid of me to have said, you know, I'm not going to keep doing this. So, right. (laughs) Aren't aren't most like
0: successful businesses ultimately randomly like they just appeared randomly. No one was planning for it. Half the businesses I know from Silicon Valley started off as something else entirely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just consulting with authors on like, you know, email marketing and some other like random marketing topics. I wasn't really expecting this to happen at all. Right. So what, uh, why authors were you,
0: were you an author yourself?
1: No, I mean it's a goal one day to like write a book. Yeah. Um, but you know, I experimented with with it in college, and it, I found that writing fiction made me sad. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I have and, had like, that experience. You yeah. know, like it was a sort of thing where like I just couldn't, you know, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It wasn't good, like, good for my mental health. <laughs> to put it wow. bluntly. <laughs> wow, I haven't yeah. had that
0: experience, but yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it was like I ended up in like these dark places I didn't want to be in. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but I've always loved reading. Um, and I've always wanted to work with authors. It's sort of funny. I didn't really realize you could work with authors in college. Mm-hmm. Like I was an English major and you know, I did all the fun Englishy things, but like somehow the idea of working with authors it seemed like authors are all dead people, you know. Um, at least you the way can't it's prove done. We're not. Yeah, that's true. I can't <laughs> Are you really there, Kevin? Are you really there? <laughs> It's like a, it's like six sense. So this is some sixth sense stuff happening right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but so like yeah. I mean, I didn't really realize you could work with authors until I got you know I I found some internships after I graduated uh, from college, and you know it sort of introduced me to the more traditional side of things. But um, you know, I worked. I was ended up. The, my first clients were actually hybrid authors, so it was a nice. Uh, you know way to sort of see both sides of the industry at the same time right so it was sort of a fortunate you know way that i got into it yeah that's um
0: that's interesting i like how you put it that you didn't realize you could work with authors yeah but, you know there was this untapped market
1: out there that you <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> like and i think even now like when i talk to people like we have an internship where we you know so people come to us and they're like well you know, a lot of the even like younger people now who want to work in publishing and they're excited and contributing um they, they don't realize you could work like indie authors as an industry right um is a thing you know like you get why, out of. why do you think that is well i why don't think I, well uh well i think there are a bunch of reasons one is like it's not you know most of these people are most of these kids are coming out of college they're reading you know traditionally published books they're studying traditionally published books mm-hmm. i mean the entire, all these institutions are geared to uh, whether intentionally or not, you know, m- making people think about literature as a, a product of the traditional publishers, right? You know, you know, well, they don't they don't speak down on indie publishing or self-publishing, but they don't really know about it. They don't say anything, and so it doesn't really come into your mind that it exists. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because you know, a lot of these people, they work, you know, they intern with us and they're like, oh, wow, there's a whole new world out there of you know, all these opportunities they weren't aware of before.
0: Yeah. That's, so that's fascinating to me just because these are, these are kids who are going in thinking, I want a job in publishing. They they know that much, yeah. but they their whole perspective changes when they learn about the, the indie author uh, industry.
1: Right. And there's so many opportunities, really, to work with authors that, mm-hmm. you know, you just wouldn't be aware of, you know, uh, unless, you know, you somehow you got lucky enough, you think you knew an author, you met an author or something, you yeah. happen to be successfully self publishing, you know, What are, what are some of those opportunities?
0: I know you provide one. <laughs> yeah, or maybe uh, more than one. You're you you you're an entrepreneurial
1: guy, you may have a half a dozen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do you mean like in terms of uh, people looking to participate in the publishing industry? Yeah,
0: like what are some of the uh, what would you, by your estimate, what do you think are some of the the gigs that uh, people exist. could go into that exist that um, that might not just lead to a, a career in indie publishing, but in but might be beneficial to a publishing career in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you know, working with authors on advertising you know if you're able to you know there are a lot of great online courses out there that's how i learned most of what i know Um, i taking online courses just sort of you know reading blogs you know listening to podcasts like yours um yeah you know so i mean if you can you know teach yourself some kinds of advertising uh facebook ads you know i mean it's hard to learn amazon or brookbub ads unless you actually know an author to begin with but right um you know if you can teach yourself email marketing you know it's like uh most authors don't know what they're doing when it comes to email marketing. I don't, I'm sorry if that, that breaks anyone's bubble here. <laughs> but um, I think most
0: of them acknowledge that they don't yeah. know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> so I mean, there, there are a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for for and there are more. I think there are more uh, authors looking for help than there are people able to help them. You know, yeah. I get I, whenever I get I get emails fairly regularly from people asking you know help for email marketing. It's not something I can do. Yeah. At, at, the, at this point, so um, what's I, that? I, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I just think like you go up and down the list of like things that tasks that authors need help with, even just like you know scheduling promotions, all that kind of fun, like virtual assistant type stuff. Right, right. There's a lot there.
0: I have to tell you, I wish I had had my, the author experience that I have now mm-hmm. when I first got into marketing, because I think it, I would have been much better at marketing to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you, most of my education in marketing has come since I became a, a publisher. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I really don't know. I think it's I think it's because as a publisher and particularly an indie publisher, you're free to try things um, that that a lot of the established uh, marketing agencies and that sort of thing aren't going to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could make a case for it now. Like I could walk into one of my old jobs and say, "Look, we're doing this part all wrong." we could revamp this for no overhead and we could bring our clients a lot more money and we could bring ourselves a lot more money. Uh, there are a lot of things like that. Email marketing alone is something that, that none of the agencies I ever worked with did email marketing.
1: Really? That's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So,
1: really uh, but I digress.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, um, I was, and I had a whole other question in mind. I was going to follow up with you, but it, that's blown out of my head now. So we'll move on. Um, <laughs> So your list, you've got, you say like around a hundred thousand readers uh, subscribing. Mm-hmm. To this. Um, is that pretty well segmented
1: per yeah rating? yeah? I mean, so we so because we run giveaways in all different genres. So we would run, you know, we the reason. Uh, well, one of the main reasons it's been successful is because the promotions themselves are very uh, niche down. So like we wouldn't mm-hmm. run. Uh, a promotion that caters to multiple genres at the same time. And typically we wouldn't even do one that caters to multiple subgenres of the same genre. So Mm -hmm. like we normally do like, you know, small town, contemporary romance, you know, like sweet and mild, like we wouldn't mix mild and and sexy Mm -hmm. Uh, because again, those, the readers just, they're not the same people. Right. Um, Mild and sexy. That's my wife's called me that almost from (laughs) beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sexy Kevin Tomlinson, yeah, mild
1: and sexy. Yep. That's um, going on the business card. Yep. Should right. Uh, so, what, what was the question? I forgot the question. Now I was just uh, I was asking you about how. Oh segment- yeah, so they're segmented, right? Yeah. So because they come in through those very niche down uh, um, promotions, whenever they sign up, we know exactly what they're interested in based on what they signed up for. Right. Um, so it's easy to segment them that way, and then also when they register on the site, we ask them for their uh, preferred genres. So. Um, yeah, we have a lot of information about what they're like or you know what they're interested in reading.
0: So you had mentioned that this is for uh, not only for helping build up your mailing list but also your uh, bookbub following. Uh, have you seen a lot of value in in uh, nurturing that sort of that's that side of the audience?
1: Yeah, we have a lot a lot of the authors we work with are really uh, into, you know they're really excited about uh, those promotions. Um, mm-hmm. We've run probably one or two a week at this point um you know in all genres and you know typically we see results over like within a let's say within a week to 10 days or so you would Mm -hmm. get you know maybe 250 plus you know depending on how uh depending on how active some of the authors are and and co-promoting it Mm -hmm. um you know we could see anywhere from like 250 to even though we've seen a thousand up to like a thousand followers in that very short period, you know, when the authors were feeling very motivated to help promote themselves. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, the results uh, can get pretty, you know, well up there. Um, yeah, and the authors are usually, you know, they're excited about running their, you know, they're, they are like participating in them. We've gotten really good feedback on them lately.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's just driving people to be followers on BookBub, right? That's yeah.
1: So yeah, so the, the goal there is to get them to follow you on BookBub, and that way they would hear. You know, if you have a a, a new release, right, um, or if you have an on sale book, just uh, you know, a promotion with them, they would get a notification. And they also have that uh, the uh, the pre order uh, alert thing yeah. uh, when you have a certain number of followers. So a lot of authors actually they join the they participate to to unlock some of those benefits that BookBub offers. Right. Uh, once you reach a certain number of uh, followers. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i that is I, I I do not utilize that well enough only because i I had a beef with bookbub not I don't, I'm not against them or anything I just mm-hmm. I, I, it's a pride thing it's like I don't want to <laughs> beg you to take my money that was always my thing right uh, but I've used bookbubs book uh, bookbub at promotions and uh, done with bookbub advertising and so I get it
1: I mean it's yeah great. well like well we used to run amazon follower promotions also and you know the authors you know, for the most part, they liked them, but it was an I, I found it personally hard to justify running them when we couldn't point any uh, you know we couldn't they don't because amazon is you know they don't give you any information about how many followers you gained right
0: and they're not dependable on alerting those followers no
1: yeah I mean like sometimes it happens like weeks later, you know so yeah. what uh, about uh, what about draft digital's
0: new release notification? maybe we should work up a little handshake deal <laughs> you can know, push people to help promote that that's, that's not a bad idea
1: we give information we give numbers <laughs> so. um yeah we are also we're also starting to do instagram follower promotion so uh yeah i could different. see that being
0: big i was just literally having a conversation about instagram today i don't I, that's another one i don't utilize mm-hmm. uh, as much as i should
1: yeah i'm not sure how useful instagram is yet but uh, we had a lot of authors interested in exploring it. So we're running them and we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. I like it though. I like the, the, it seems to me the core uh, idea behind your business is um, to generate, you know, a loyal following. Is Mm -hmm. that kind of the idea?
1: Yeah. I mean the the primary, that's the primary goal is to help authors sort of uh, speed up the process of generating organic uh, readers, you know, readers who actually, um, want to, uh, read books and not just win prizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of, um, we've put a lot of effort into sort of making sure that the, the freebie seekers, um, yeah. don't join people's email lists, yeah. um, through various means. So, um, the list that we have at this point is pretty curated in terms of people actually interested in reading. Uh, uh so that's always, you know, it's always the goal of getting people real, Real readers in an ethically you know in an ethical manner
0: yeah that's that's been one of my biggest hang-ups with uh, a lot of the promotion tools that are out there is that i end up with a, a crop of uh, well we'll just use the gentle term deadbeats who don't want to <laughs> buy anything uh, and i and then i end up with a bunch of emails every time i send an email out i get things like i got yesterday from uh two people one one person just responded with like this stuttering jargon of uh don't don't buy books please send free copy this email and stuff like that one guy says this is wonderful send my free copy print only to this address <laughs> they want you to mail they want they want you to mail them a he copy wants me to physically mail him a copy of the book that I just told everyone was on pre-order just because yeah, just, just because. That. Yeah, because that's the way he rolls. I better respect yeah. it. He's the king of his land. <laughs> he gets to be king of his land. I also get to be king of my land. I'm king of the unsubscribe <laughs> button. <laughs> no way. So, that's uh that's good to hear that you help vet that. Where's, unless it's like a proprietary secret. Like what are some of the ways that you uh you help clear those folks out?
1: Yeah, I mean, so one thing is so like our promotions are GDPR compliant. I'm sure you're uh-huh. aware which GD, uh, I don't know if you right. want to get into what GDPR is, but basically, um, we know that it's a, yeah,
0: I don't want to get into the weeds on it, but it's to help keep spam down. We'll just,
1: I'm trying yeah. to simplify it without oversimplifying it, but that's but a law. privacy law. Yeah. yeah. Privacy law. Right. Uh, so, um, so you know unlike some other uh services that have popped up you know we uh we've always required author that the readers actively you know they select the um the authors that they're interested in hearing from so like mm-hmm. it's not a situation where you would sign up and then you'd get uh emails from you know 50 or 100 people just because you clicked you know i want to win a prize kind of situation um that's what a lot of people do uh and uh I don't think it works. I've had really bad experiences with that yeah. personally and I, I have heard a lot of very, very bad stories from other authors who've had to have done that too. Yeah. Um, so we've never done that. Um, and then on top of that, we have like multiple confirmation steps. Um, so it's sort of like goes back to the idea of a double opt-in where, you know, people are, you know, making very clear that they uh, want to actually be on your list. So we have a sort of a modified double slash triple opt-in process um, that uh, requires readers to actually, you know, in addition to actually checking off the authors they want to hear from, they actually have to confirm again that they're aware that they're going to receive emails, and then we do something else on the other, uh, after that, that um, helps filter out more of the uh, bad actors.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting.
1: So that's,
0: uh, that's been pretty effective, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's just a matter of like putting obstacles in the way. Yeah. You know, of people. Uh, so so that, even though they're not paying for the book, they're paying
0: a price of sorts uh, to get right. to it. They're paying with their time, you know? They're paying with time and yeah. their concentration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? So you have any numbers on like the dropout rate when people start the process and then decide, nah, it's not I just wanted a free book? <laughs> I
1: don't, unfortunately. So like, that's like the one hole in our system is that we, because, you know, we don't, we would need access to like all of the authors, um, you know, email marketing systems basically to really have great data on that. Otherwise, otherwise we're relying on the authors themselves. Okay. So
0: you don't actually, you don't collect those addresses and, and then parse them out. You, uh, they go directly to the author. Um, do you, like mean, you have a list you email to, but you don't have you don't necessarily track who's signing up for what author's book.
1: Oh no, we uh, we do we do track that, but I mean, like we don't. Um, I what what I understood your question was what happens after the authors get the emails.
0: We can answer that, too. Yeah,
1: that's fine, too. But I, I'm not sure what the answer to that is. So, like, I know <laughs> like, that that was the question I was answering. My point is, <laughs> like, we, we know who, you know, we know which readers are signing up for which authors, but we okay. don't know what those readers are doing once they get on those authors' lists. Right, right, okay. We we don't have that kind of extra vision yet. Yet. Yet.
0: Once, uh, once these, all of us authors get on board with the idea of sharing all our information
1: with people. Right exactly <laughs> <laughs> you're always so open i'll that. be i'll be uh i'll be checking my uh clock for that yeah yeah keep an eye on that that's
0: gonna yeah. happen any minute <laughs> so um that's cool man so you you started this in uh, 2016
1: mm-hmm.
0: which by the way coincidentally was the year i started working with uh digital so very cool we've uh Although I was technically in the business years before that, uh, I, I, didn't consider myself a, a vendor until
1: 2016.
0: Um, so, uh, it's been going pretty good. I'm, I'm taking it. You got, uh, you've had enough growth that you got people actually working for you.
1: Yeah. Our team is up to about four or five people, depending on the day. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. Are they all remote or did you make them all move to Portland?
1: No. Actually, one of them, funnily enough, lives fairly close to here. But uh, uh, most of them are around the world. Uh, We have one person in Central Europe. Um, Most of the rest of them are on the East Coast. Um, So how do you... um this is something
0: I'm always curious about I and mean, I've, I've got my own processes. I work remotely, you know, I uh, always have, I used to have remote teams for my business, but, uh, what are some of the ways you manage your, your team, uh, on that global scale? This, this is sort of outside the purview of the, mm-hmm. I think some authors would be interested in this cause a lot of authors are now doing things like hiring various people to do various tasks for their business. So,
1: right. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, it's interesting. So we use Slack for, uh, to facilitate okay. all kinds of communication. Do you guys use Slack at draft digital We do, yeah. 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 I, really
0: yeah. Don't love, I, I don't love, love Slack. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that Skype was trying to become the new Slack. Yeah, it's just <laughs> funky. I don't like it. It is funky. I've never <laughs> liked... I've never... I used Skype religiously for the show uh, and never actually liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always... <brilliant. laughs> yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, so, so we use, use
1: Slack or? for communications. And then, like, I think the... Well... I mean, every, obviously every business was different, but you know, in my case, we have I have very clear sort of processes that we use for everything. Mm-hmm. So um, there are checklists. I have checklists for everything, basically. Right. Um, every kind of promotion, every process is broken down into multiple steps and then multiple sub-steps. Um, and there's usually some kind of documentation even within those just to, in case someone is unclear on what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a matter of sort of figuring out that's been sort of my, my uh, big part of my success at this point has been figuring out uh, processes that really work um, and then continuing to iterate and improve on those until you sort of get the most efficient version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use uh, Active, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what program you're using, but I use uh, something called Active Collab for project management. So we have all of our projects in there. I mean, if you're an author, you could use that. I mean, it's a little bit expensive, but you could use that or something like Asana, which is free. I use Trello. Um, or, you, or Trello. Yeah. Just to like, that's track. just for my
0: business. Uh, draft digital doesn't necessarily use it. They have got a thousand different things that they use. Mm-hmm. But I found mm-hmm. Trello to be great for working with my personal team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like tracking your projects, you know, tracking the progress, um, mm-hmm. uh, helps a lot. And then just like having, you know, firm guidelines in place in terms of, you know, what your expectations are. Yeah. Um, like really, you know, the, the the thing about working remotely is that because there's no, you know, there's no body language, there's no tone, necessarily. Right. So you just need to be, you need to be really crisp and clear with your, you know, text written communications. Yeah. Um. So that there's no room for misinterpretation or you know, people spending hours doing something that they thought you meant when you didn't. Right. Um, and so I, I think that would be my number one recommendation: is just making sure that. You know, people are always aware of what you want from them and being sort of a zealot in terms of f- following up and making sure that you're on the same page. Right. Like, sort of religiously, just you understand what I'm talking about? Great. Even if it seems annoying, it's much more annoying, I promise you, when somebody spends half a day working on something you didn't want them to. Right. Because I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. That, that just drives you insane. Hey, so.
0: If you've ever read uh, Four Hour Work Week, Mm-hmm. There's some horror stories in there about wasting a whole
1: lot of time and money on
0: <laughs> with weak instructions. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's, like, it's amazing. Like the power of instructions to is, is truly incredible when you, yeah. when you experience it,
0: Do you, uh, you have to deal with language barriers or anything like that at all.
1: Uh, a little Yeah. So uh, our web developers are generally, well, we have a whole team of web developers that we use, but some of them are based in India. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's always fun working with them because you have to be up at like two in the morning. Right. Because because they're, they're, they're they're like, you know, their schedule's like 12 hours or 10 hours ahead. Right. Um, And they don't start work in India, I found, until later in the day than they do in the States for whatever reason. Um, Um, but yeah, so like with, with, with them, there's always, you know, trouble, you know, with communication off, there's often trouble with communication. And so just, you know, finding people who, uh, you know, you can communicate with effectively at a distance or in yeah. another, other countries is definitely a challenge. Um, and then I have a, a woman I work with in Central Europe, but she actually lived in Pennsylvania for a while. So her English, oh, okay. is, I mean, her English isn't that bad, but yeah. um, It's all, I mean, the, I mean most authors, you know, if you're an author, working interested in working with a developer overseas um a it is cheaper but you will spend a lot of time uh uh pounding your head into the table over yeah. miscommunication most authors aren't,
0: aren't going to have to deal with developers which is probably a big yeah big it's, a,
1: it's a big plus yeah uh,
0: but uh you know i i mean in my i had a whole separate business for a while i had developers for a while and had to I had a liaison. I hired a, I actually hired, she was a VA that I b- eventually made a full-time employee that, um, mm. you know, she could speak their language and speak my language both figuratively and literally. And, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I would relay everything through her and she was more than happy to be the one to get up at two in the morning. Uh, cause it wasn't two in the morning for her. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would download, uh, at, at a more reasonable American time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, which was yeah. Cause I and I'm a I'm a pretty early riser, but even I okay. do not want to get up at two in the morning every day. <laughs> no. So all right, man. Uh so we're we're coming up against time and I told you I'd keep this at around 30 minutes. So uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Um but it was great. I'm I'm glad we had a chance to talk and, and do this. I know we had a couple of reschedules and everything, but I'm glad we finally got a chance to circle up. Yeah, same here. So, you want to tell everybody where they can find more about you and Book Sweeps?
1: Yeah. So, um, if you're interested in learning more, I would go to booksweeps.com forward slash authors. And there you can learn all about our promotions and uh, register for the site if you're interested.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Ryan, for chatting with me. Uh, everybody else, right now, you're probably hearing the Groovy Bridge music. You may dance in place it, you will. Know? Stick around for whatever I'm going to yak about on the other side of uh, probably an ad, because that's how we do things right now. And I'll see you all on the other side. Hear your book the way it was meant to be heard. With a fully custom soundtrack based on your material. An album of music that perfectly fits your characters, your settings. Hear your book today sonatainscribe.com Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ryan Z. Be sure to check out uh, Book Sweeps and all that Brian has all that Ryan, sorry Ryan, all that Ryan has to offer sorry about that. I am uh, off track. I'm doing something new. I'm uh, tinkering with uh, a different way to record the show. Uh, You may have noticed a little key light reflecting off of my glasses. That's a little new. Um, I got all kinds of stuff going on, so uh, I'm a little distracted. (laughs) But you shouldn't be distracted, especially when it comes to finding new readers. Um, I wanted to, there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, One, I am, uh, there's something I'm kind of tinkering with. There's a lot of things I'm tinkering with. But one of those is I'm kind of working through my processes figuring out you know what's the best way what's the most efficient way to do things i'm doing this for a couple reasons one it helps me uh... to refine my processes and systems as i go so that i'm more efficient get more done uh... create a better product that's what sort i of think i'm also doing uh... doing this as a step towards automating everything and some of that automation will include handing things off to a uh... va a virtual assistant or a personal assistant. <clears throat> I've got a beat on a couple of things. I tried this once before, um, and it didn't quite work out for me. It didn't work out because I wasn't prepared, and that's kind of one of the life lessons I w- <laughs> I want to put out there. Um, I handed things off that I thought were clear and automated, but the problem was they weren't. They weren't as clear and automated, or they weren't as clear and, and concise as I thought they would be, or as I assumed they were. Um, now, I, uh, I'm getting better at this, but I made some assumptions about the person that I hired. First of all, she was not a native English speaker, but she, she was fluent. She just wasn't a native English speaker. When I handed things off, I kind of expected that um, she would, you know, think things through. You know, do what I would do. Uh, ask herself, how do I accomplish the task that's in front of me? And then go and do that. But that didn't quite happen that way. Uh, what happened instead was I, I handed her some things that I, th- I thought I had boiled down to their, their most basic instructions. And I expected her to sort of take the ball and run with it. Um, but she kind of floundered for a while. <laughs> she spent a lot of time doing the wrong thing. And then ultimately... It ended up costing me uh, several hundred dollars every time I'd give her a task that, you know, it didn't have to cost me. So all that to say, <clears throat> I stopped using her. I've had a couple of different VAs, but uh, I've, I stopped because I, I always had this impression that, well, it's just, if I'm going to have to go back and redo things anyway, why am I paying someone to, uh, to do this stuff? It's just easier for me to just take care of it myself. So I kept all those tasks on my own plate. I've done that for quite a while now. Um, now, here's where things have shifted. Um, there are enough things on my plate now that it would be worth my time to hand these things off, to delegate these things to uh, someone else, a new, a new team member, and, uh, and so I'm preparing to do that. I'm taking the lessons I learned from my past experience and I'm, I'm refining so I'm I've created processes I use Trello for a lot of things Trello is going to be key to uh, to what I do here because I'll bring this person in and I will say look here are the systems here's what it takes to do a book launch for me you know here's how to set up the pre-orders here's where you gotta upload stuff here's where you gotta uh, uh, you know what here's the graphics we need here's the copy we need and I may be providing a lot of that stuff myself But having someone who who says here are the tasks here's the checklist that you created that you said i should follow and i'm following up to make sure you've created this this asset or we have ordered this asset from somewhere or whatever um so that's that's where that's going to come in handy now how this may relate to you you may not be at a place where you need or can afford or even want a uh an assistant of any kind um that's fine and it's not something you have to have i could really the irony of all this is the more i refine my systems the less i actually need someone else to do all the work (laughs) so i'm uh i'm steadily improving things uh, but my goal is to make it so easy that i can just hand it off Um, and uh, where you can benefit from this is is to do sort of the same thing start putting together processes start looking at what you do what are the tasks that you repeat each time you do something so if you're going to do a book launch you know you're going to need well first of all in the production of a book there are steps there's not just writing the book but there's also editing there's also the uh, cover there's also the back cover copy or the book description which will go on a website you might want to have separate back cover and website descriptions, you might. Uh, there's, you know, what are you going to do for social media? Uh, which means that you need to have social media posts to, to post. You need copy for that. And when I say copy, I, I sometimes I forget that not everyone is is uh, hip to the lingo. Uh, <laughs> but I was a copywriter, meaning um, not the copyright that you think of when, with the Circle C that protects your intellectual property but copywriting as a writing uh, task a copywriter is somebody who writes text or as we call it in the business copy uh, that is used for marketing purposes promotional purposes sometimes technical writing that sort of thing so um, the text that appears on the back cover of a book or the inside flap of a book or on a website about the book, uh, like an Amazon page or something like that, that's referred to as copy and uh, that has to be written by someone and it's a different skill set than writing fiction or writing even a nonfiction uh, book. It, it can be a completely different skill set because there's… Uh, it, writing a non-fiction book, let's just take that as an example. You're writing nonfiction to inform someone or to inspire them or, you know, and uh, if I'm going to c- continue through my four pillars to uh, entertain and educate, <laughs> uh, but you're writing, you're writing text uh, in long format for a specific purpose. Usually to con- in nonfiction to convey uh, a concept, to teach basically, uh, or to inform in fiction it's primarily to entertain both can be to inspire um the purpose of copywriting is to persuade m- primarily sometimes it's always going to be a blend of things but you know sometimes it's more about informing the public sometimes it's more about um you know describing <laughs> you know? uh but it's it's usually all about persuasion um And so, and that's really what marketing comes down to. You're persuading someone. So uh, anyway, so there's that task, but let's get back on track. So um, there are all these tasks that have to be done. And depending on how you handle a launch, there may be additional steps that that maybe even I don't do. Uh, But for me, typically, the process of a book launch is, you know, okay, I finished the book. I have been using my looping method to edit as I go meaning uh, not editing while I write but editing before I write uh, so I write my let's say right now I'm, my minimum per day is 2,000 words it goes up and down but right now it's 2,000 so I've written my 2,000 words the next day I edit those 2,000 words and then I write 2,000 more <clears throat> so that's looping for me um, and then by the time I'm done with the book the book has has had an edit I've, uh, I use a series of tools for editing, which I'll, I can elaborate on another time. And, uh, and I kind of do a quick pass and make sure things are clean. I, then the next step for me is to, um, compile that book from Scrivener. Whatever tool you use is fine, but I use Scrivener. I compile that book as a word document and I have it open that in Vellum, which I use for my layout. Um, I, clean up the layout. So, you know, I make sure that all the chapters appear as they're supposed to, all the, everything's named the way it's, I, I have, uh, uh, my note at the end, which is really an afterward. And I have to make sure it's marked as an afterward and titled a note at the end, the way I like, I make sure that it's formatted kind of like a letter. So there's some, uh, block alignment, for example, at the very end of it, where my name and I put the date that I wrote it, and I put the, where I was when I wrote it, and I put that stuff in there. I make sure that's all like left justified. So, see, these are steps. <clears throat> and um, I can write these steps out and elaborate on them. I'm gonna, and I'll tell you about another thing I'm going to be doing. I haven't started yet, but I, I, I will be. Um, but then I spit that book out of Vellum as all the different formats, and I upload those formats to BookFunnel create a link so that my street team can download the book Uh, somewhere in there I have made my cover see there's a step I I left out but I have created my cover I create my own covers uh, but you may hire someone to do that and whatever their time frame is you're going to need to work into your process so if you are hiring someone and it takes them 30 days to make your cover Then and you know you want to launch on such and such day, or you want to have the cover available for reveal on such and such day, then you need to make sure that your process includes uh, hitting that 30 days out, requesting it 30 days out. Okay, so once it's uh, it's up and ready for the street team, I send them the email. So there's another step. Uh, I give them, I set it up on uh, pre-order, and that means I have to know, the pre-order date and uh, usually they you know Amazon for example will say well in order for it to go out on the 24th you have to have the final version ready on the 20th so I will tell my street team I have um, I have to have your edits by the 15th so that I have five days to uh, implement those edits that that by the way changes depending on how much time I have between now and the pre-order date Uh, so sometimes I give them uh, I, I want to make sure they have lots of time, but sometimes I, I give myself five days. Sometimes I only give myself three days, two days, uh, just to make sure I have at least a day in, or two in there where I can make all the edits. Uh, I give them instructions, you know, in that email about how I want the edits presented to me and boom, it goes out. Uh, the process from there can, uh, is, uh, I've got this kind of ironed out already, but, um then i do my announcement to my list the cover reveal i announce the pre-order and i put links in the email Um, i I have to decide how i want to present that a lot of times i like to do a pre-order and cover reveal in in a sort of marketing-esque email still personable and then follow it up Uh, i have follow-up emails for the rest of the time that that thing is on pre-order so i have you know, maybe three days out, I do another email and it's something else entirely, but I mention the pre-order. Three days after that, another email. This one might be a written world email, uh, which is usually an essay about history. And uh, it's long format and people love them, but I also put in a little blur. Hey, don't forget, I got a pre-order coming up. Uh, I also schedule my social media during these times. So I write that stuff out. <laughs> Try to do all this in advance, and this is part of why I need the processes, so I remember to do these things, but try to write this stuff out in advance, and then I can schedule those those uh, announcements to go out in social media. And I have to figure out ways to make that attractive. Somewhere in there, I've created a motion graphic, so uh, that motion graphic gets used for social media, gets used for um, updating my the banner on my homepage, uh, it gets used for updating the uh, feature block on my book page um, and uh, you know so that's a useful graphic that gets used over and over again if you don't know what I mean by motion graphic uh, go to Kevin watch the uh, home page load load and you will see a motion graphic uh, as the top you know huge chunk of the page with text over it and everything and click on go to Kevin slash books and you'll see the the uh, feature block that I'm talking about So that's, um, that's part of my steps. That's part of the process. Um, and you know, all throughout from the time that I finished the book, actually well before I finished the book, from the time I start the book to the time (laughs) it goes live on pre-order day, there are all these steps and they're all important. They're all vital. They must be done. Uh, and I've refined, this as I go. This is a key component, by the way, um, editing (laughs) edit your processes uh because you'll find new ways to do things you'll find new tools that make things easier you'll find new resources you'll meet new people um there's all kinds of ways that you can improve this as you go so editing is very important then uh then the book goes live and it's not quite over after that it's now it's about uh you know reminding people it's there now it's about reminding them about the rest of this this series uh, a whole series of things that people can, um, can relate to all part of the process. So it's all very long and elaborate. And when I tried listing it out as just a bullet list checklist kind of thing, it got crazy. Um, but I needed it. I needed that. So the next, so now I have that, by the way, I made a template in Trello and for every book I create a card, which is, uh. Uh, has the title of the book the description of the book gets put in there that so i can copy and paste that anytime i want important links are associated with it like the giveaway links for uh, for the street team um, the cover in various sizes will be dropped into that tre- that trello card uh, including 3d versions of the cover uh, the animated gifs and the uh, or gifs um, links to, uh, video versions of the motion graphics that I created that are on YouTube, uh, on a private list or unlisted list on YouTube. Um, you know, um, the errata (laughs) errata, uh, and that, (laughs) and that is, I don't know why I'm laughing as I say this, but that's the errors. So when, um, errata maybe some people say uh it's the typos and stuff that my reader my uh, street team send me uh in the trello card you can create a checklist name it anything you want i name it errata and then i i drop in i copy and paste from email to that checklist and uh because of the way i tell them to, to format their lists if they do a carriage return between each line trello automatically detects it and makes each error its own um Checklist feature, right? A little checkbox and then a line. It, it breaks it up for me automatically. It's kind of cool to watch it t- 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 to just populate that list. Um, and in part of the process, of course, is going through that errata and uh, making fixing those typos and checking them off that list. And so what I've got now, by the time it's all done, I've got this this Trello card that contains everything about the book, and I can even put up, you know various versions of the book I don't do that because uh, I'm updating it. I'm updating the books pretty frequently uh, but I could put a link to the Dropbox folder where that book uh, is stored you know so um, all that gets done and so all that is there for me to reference. I'm making that so that someone else could do all that and I could reference it so that later I can you know I don't I don't spend as much of my time on it uh... so this is this is why processes are important think ahead you know maybe you have no intention of ever having someone work for you but uh... if you start thinking ahead like how can i make this faster easier better then eventually you've got these processes and these tools that will allow you to um, save a lot of time so that you can spend more time writing which is the point right so okay um, so trello favorite tool one of my favorite tools i love it it's a uh... Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it is a project management tool, uh, a little bit of a learning curve, but it was pretty easy to pick up. Uh, it works in terms of you can create, um, teams, um, and, uh, the teams can, you can add people to those teams, share things. Uh, each team can have a multiple boards. Uh, they just recently, uh, put a limit on the number of free boards you can do. It's like 10 for the free service. More than enough for practically everyone. (laughs) Uh, You can share those, of course. You can link this to your calendar. Uh, You can set uh, timeframes like uh, deadlines on, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but in the boards you create cards and the cards can be whatever you need them to be, including checklists or whatever. You can set deadlines on that. Um, I use the deadline thing as the i put the go live date for the book as the quote deadline that way as i'm getting closer that thing changes colors it you know it goes like yellow red and then on the day that you check the box it goes green so that that way i've got a record of what day that book went live when it was published essentially uh and that's handy for me but it'll be even more handy later when i hand this off to somebody but i can quickly reference if someone asks you know uh, when did uh, such and such book... Sometimes people ask. Sometimes I'm doing an interview or something and someone's... and Or maybe there's a contest and someone says, you know, we're only accepting books from this span of time. It happens. So now I've got that. Um, so, and I use, by the way, Trello to produce this show. I'm looking right now. If you see me glance down, I've got my iPad in front of me. My big screen's up behind me. Um, but uh, this is actually quite handy. I've got uh, Ryan Z's information uh, on the Trello card that I built for him, this is the episode. It's got the show notes. It's got the date that I did the interview. Um, It's got, uh, you know, if I want to include photos or if I want to include links, all the links are in here. Everything is on this card and I can quickly reference it, uh, you know, glance down and see it and, uh, and, and deliver it to you as content. So. Trello is a very handy tool. I'm going to do a, a series of videos, I think, on Trello for authors at some point. Uh, I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure I'll regret saying that right now, but I, uh, I already had this in mind. I think it would be a great tool. Um, so all that, the idea here is, oh, and that was the other thing. Speaking of a series of, of videos, I'm going to record screen capture video of me performing the tasks going through it, like a training exercise, Um, create an entire training kit that I'll upload to YouTube and I'll put as unlisted so that, you know, no one can just find it. You have to have the URL to get to it. Uh, I'll create a playlist of of the whole thing. And then when I hire someone in to do this stuff through a service, or maybe I hire someone directly, I can hand them um, a link to that playlist along with, you know, whatever other resources. And the idea here is I want to be able to, just like everything else I do, I'm aiming at, this is the Masters of Education coming out of me now, the teaching certificate and all that. Um, I want to hit all the modalities when I'm teaching someone how to do this stuff. So that's auditory, uh, visual, and tactile kinesthetic. Uh, So uh, what you hear, what you see, and what you do and experience. So I want to hit all those so that whoever gets this stuff um, has an easier time learning how to do it so that I don't have to spend as much time training them, okay? So I want to be a shepherd. I don't want to be a taskmaster. (laughs) I want to gently nudge the herd, nudge the sheep in the direction of, you know, where I need them to be, where they will graze, where they will lie down. Uh, But I don't want to carry each individual sheep there <laughs> so um all that said <clears throat> i'll have the videos so that's that's both that's both uh audio and video audio and vi- uh, audible and visual auditory and visual um, i'll have the everything written down which is sort of visual plus if it's a checklist it's tactile kinesthetic i'll have these processes all built out so that uh people can learn quickly and that way, also, if someone doesn't work out the way the last couple didn't work out, if I hire someone and they're just not working out, or or they reach some level of success and it means leaving me behind, uh, God bless them. I hope that does happen. Um, I hope it happens a lot. <laughs> hope hope that when I hope that just by working with me, uh, people achieve the success in their career that they want. That's what I, I don't care if I have to re- replace you. You know, I mean, I I, I like uh, a guy, who uh, an attorney I worked with for a while. Uh, his name was Jim Moriarty, and I'm not even making that up. Uh, he's kind of a curmudgeon, but I love the guy. And I remember telling him when he brought me on board, I said, you know what? My, I'm not going to be here permanently. I got plans and designs that are going to take me away from this place. So, be, you know, are you sure you want to hire me? And his words were, I rent people. I don't own them. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Uh, so all that, um, I'm going to create this system so that I can hand it off, not just to the, the immediate person I hire to do this, but to the next person as well. I, I, I want to make it, um, obsolescence proof as much as possible, which may mean periodically going and redoing video, by the way. Um, as processes change, and that's another reason why I'm trying to refine all this before I hand it over. But there is a certain point where you just gotta, you just gotta launch, right? Uh, it's it's not about good enough. It's about minimum minimum viable product MVP. Uh, the and the MVP for this whole process is uh, can I hand this off to someone and and with a reasonable expectation that they could do it without my without my constant supervision now uh again where that might benefit you is think of yourself as your own va if, if you don't have any designs to hire someone or you don't have the money or don't you know it intimidates you or whatever don't worry about that uh think of yourself as your as your va How do you make it easy because i i advocate wearing different hats in this whole process so when you're writing you're a writer you're not editing you're not you know a marketer you're not doing anything during the writing session you're a writer and that's it when it's time to edit you put on your editor hat and you're an editor you're not the writer you can't let your feelings get hurt by the by killing your little darlings taking things out adding things or whatever uh you're the editor and that's your job and you do your job and when you're done with that and the book is finished now you become the marketer and you just wear the marketing hat you're not the author you're not the editor you're all about promotion well you can have a VA hat in that as well you can put on your VA hat to get these tasks done so that the marketer can do a better job marketing the book so thinking that way you want to make sure that you have refined the processes so that you're not wasting your time you're paying your VA in that, at that point with your time. You, the author, who should be writing more books. <laughs> who should be improving you know, her craft. Who should be learning more about uh, the business as a, as a marketer. You're the entrepreneur. You're the CEO. Uh, the CEO doesn't have time to do the marketer's job. The CEO doesn't have time to do the uh, VA's job. So you want to make it easier, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, so there's all that. One thing I wanted to throw in here at the end. This has nothing to do with the VA thing or or processes or systems per se. Um, it's more about why we do this stuff. Uh, and I had I have people approach me a lot. My readers approach me a lot. I get a look into their personal lives pretty often um one of my readers whom i I love dearly um has told me for years about you know her family (laughs) her daughter and her daughter's horses uh she recently started taking treatments um for something uh that has her kind of you know looped out a lot and so she, uh, she always apologizes that she hasn't gotten to a certain book yet or whatever. And I'm like, God bless you. Just, just, you get to, you don't have to do anything. I'm not requiring anybody to do anything. You can do what you got to do, but take care of yourself first, you know. Um, and just enjoy the books. That's the point. <laughs> They're not work for you to, it's not a homework assignment. Uh, but I, one of my readers uh, this past week wrote to tell me, that she is going through chemotherapy um, and that she, she has to sit for hours, you know, doing this. And it's just boring, not very engaging, painful at times. Um, But she wanted to thank me because she's been reading through my books and not just my books, but she's also, she's on my mailing list. So those written world emails that I sent um, that I send, you know, periodically probably not as regularly as i should but the emails that i send that are um, little tidbits of history essays about history she reads those um she enjoys them and she enjoys reading my fiction she enjoys reading uh my note at the end my little afterwards that i write that are sort of a breakdown of what you know things that I was thinking, stuff I went through to write this book, uh, uh, stuff I went through in my career. you know, She likes reading all that stuff, and it helps her pass the time, but it also feels meaningful to her. So these are her words, right? Um, she's not the only reader <laughs> that I've ever had um, that has reached out to me this way. Uh, lot, lots of my readers have. Uh, some of my readers, uh, one guy is, you know, is very proud of his son and what he does. And he's always offering to, he's, he's a great, crit- he gives me great critiques on things. He gives me, he's a great resource for things, um, you know, he, but he sticks, he sticks by me. He's loyal to me as, as an author. Um, he, and he, he enjoys what I'm creating and he gives me advice. Uh, he, he He's sent me on. You know, uh, trails where I've done some research, found some things. He's corrected things that I got wrong. Uh, So, you know, he's become, I put him on my street team. This guy's sharp. Uh, But, you know, guys like that. Readers who reach out to me with, you know, I read this story and it made me think of you. Uh, I thought you might be interested. And that becomes research in a book later. Or, Or it just becomes inspiration sometimes we as as authors as writers um there's a component to what we do that we sometimes we we talk about but we don't often we don't often consider and appreciate and that is that we're not the only one involved in this process sure there's we talked a little about this but you know there's VAs, and editors, and cover designers, and copywriters, and all kinds of people that might be part of our process. Uh, but ultimately, at the beginning of all this, there is you, and at the end of all this, there is your reader. And everyone else in between, and every step in between, every process that you you go through, every task that you put on your list, um, it's all about... Helping you as the writer project what's in your mind into the mind of that reader at the end of the line, and we do it not just because we have a story to tell, not just because we want to make a living, not just because we love the craft. Uh, we do it because it has a positive impact on the lives of others, and it has a positive impact on the world. Mm-hmm. That is what it means to be an author to me and i hope to you and i hope you'll start to consider it uh because we touch lives i mean it it's 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 profound it's something i i just greatly appreciate just love that i touch the lives of 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 people all over the planet maybe not at the same level as you know dan brown Stephen King, (laughs) Uh, maybe I am not reaching the, the same number of lives, but I get quite a few emails from people. I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about the fact that a few hundred people write to tell me, you know, about their lives, about how I've impacted them, how I've entertain them i've you know somehow met one of my four pillars in uh in writing for them out of several thousand you know i think at this point i'm around 40,000 um subscribers on my newsletter uh out of the you know thousands and thousands of books sold there there's a human being behind all of it it's not just a number it's not just uh demographics it's not just you know, one one more faceless person, one more entity, it is a human being. And uh, we are human beings and we get to interact with, with people from a distance and still touch their lives. It's profound. It's just absolutely profound. So that's it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, hope you enjoyed this this interview with with ryan z i hope you enjoyed this afterward with me hope you got something useful out of it i'll, I'll continue to elaborate on this stuff as we go um i use some speci- specific tools uh and i'm and as i said I, i'm constantly refining this process i'm getting much better at this uh, but it's not and it's not just about software by the way i've got or hardware honestly it's also about um how I've set up my space, how I've set up my environment to help me uh, do this. I I included a couple of photos of my uh, workstation, we'll say my desk um, in its various modes. Right now it's in uh, podcast production mode, (laughs) which means now this, I don't know if this will continue this way or not. Right now it means that there's my, there's a tripod with my iPhone And a light and then i've got my light over here that's new um but there's the microphone here Uh, you know normally there's and i've got it up but i'm not using it there's a camera back here that um i use when i do the actual interviews i was using it to record this portion of the show that's changed a little that's what i mean by refining and editing as i as i go i'm changing how things work but the environment i'm in uh is just as important as the software I use the tools that I use it's another tool to help me do this work Um, and I've got it arranged got my iPad down here in front of me this is a new idea Uh, I'm recording audiobooks now (laughs) so this is a new experiment Um, and I can read from my iPad which is on a little tilted stand directly in front of me but it also uh, came in real handy for putting the show notes on for having this resource that I could uh, that I could leverage while uh, recording. So anyway, all that stuff. It's all it, it, you look around and you find out what you have. This is stuff I just had. I just had all this stuff laying around. I'm using my iPhone to record the video. I'm using a, a key light that I already owned, a tripod I already owned, microphones and and other things that I already owned, and just looked at them in a new way to figure out how can I. How can i improve on what i'm doing make things easier faster better so all that said i hope you have a wonderful time figure out the process that works for you start somewhere don't worry about getting it perfect right off try something for a while improve it try again and just keep doing that keep iterating and optimizing as we say until you've got something that you you can bat a bat a thousand you can knock it out of the park Uh, you will get there. So, if I can help, uh, reach out, go to wordslingerpodcast.com, leave a comment on this episode, or send me an email. Uh, If you're on YouTube, you can comment on YouTube. I'm trying to get a lot better about checking YouTube comments. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, anyway, other than that, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh, Mother's Day coming up, so kiss your mom, tell her I love her for me. And, uh, Take care of yourselves out there. And I'll see you next time.
1: Word Slinger.